your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 294 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. We've got a special crossover episode for you guys today. Going to be joined by Rachel Donner and Danielle Butcher from Locked On Flyers. We recorded this episode yesterday, so there's a couple instances where I might refer to this Ranger Flyer game as happening tomorrow because technically when we recorded it, it was going to be tomorrow. But obviously, that game, just so everybody knows and there's no confusion, uh, that game is happening tonight. Rangers and Flyers, puck drops at 7 o'clock. Rangers, of course, in desperate need of a victory, having dropped four in a row. And yeah, without any further ado, let's go ahead and play our conversation with Rachel Donner and Danielle Butcher from Locked on Flyers. Enjoy. So like we said at the top of the show, we are here with John from Locked on Rangers. Welcome, John. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks for having me on the show here. It's uh, kind of been a rough go of it for the Rangers in these last couple of games here, but uh, hopefully uh, (laughs) they can get back on track against your Flyers here on Thursday night. Well, obviously we wish the opposite, but (laughs) uh, we're still glad to have you here and learn about this team, which kind of feels like strangers at this point. So what were the big off-season changes that the Rangers made and how are they working out for the team so far? Yeah, I mean, in the offseason, they didn't really do anything too splashy. They weren't, you know, big players in free agency or anything like that. Uh, I think the biggest change overall is that they obviously had to say goodbye to uh, some long-standing Rangers, some grizzled veterans that have been here for a long time, uh, namely Henrik Lundqvist, Mark Stahl, and Jesper Foss. Uh, With Henrik Lundqvist, obviously, you know, the writing was on the wall. It was looking like they were either going to trade him or buy him out. They ended up buying him out, and obviously we wish all the best to Henrik Lundqvist going through what he's going through right now. Uh, Mark Stahl's game had slipped a little bit, but, you know, you do start to wonder if they miss uh, some of these veteran presences in the locker room. And yes, for Foss, you know, I, I think he could have been an affordable piece that the Rangers could have held on to. Uh, alas, they do not do that. But uh, I would say that's the biggest difference so far for the Rangers this season is uh, maybe just moving on from some veterans. You know, Chris Kreider is still there, but three of the four longest tenured Rangers for last, from last season uh, no longer with the team. And uh, I'd actually like to ask both of you the same thing. Uh, how have the Flyers done in the offseason? How are their offseason maneuvers kind of panning out so far this season? You know, I, I would say that the, the Flyers didn't make a ton of offseason moves, and that was done purposefully. Uh, Chuck Fletcher thought that the lineup plus the prospects that were looking to move up onto the Flyers were a good group. And I think, honestly, the biggest change from last season was the retirement of Matt Niskanen. And it kind of threw them for a loop a little bit on the defensive side. They signed Eric Gustafson, who was with the Blackhawks for a while. And that has been an interesting situation because Eric Gustafson is kind of a, a, a risky guy to have out there does some really good things offensively and we've seen him you know make some real quality play on the power play you know as much as the flyers can have a quality power play (laughs) these days but you know given that he also has some defensive deficiencies out there and i think they're still 
trying to figure out what's going on defensively. But again, I think it's really just the Matt Niskanen retirement that's made the biggest impact on the Flyers. Which Flyer so far this season, and either one of you could take this, who do you think has been the biggest overachiever on this team? The guy that, you know, maybe you weren't expecting that much out of coming into the season, and he's just surpassed all of your wildest expectations and is really off to a nice start so far here. Yeah, I don't want to speak for me uh, for me or Rachel, but I think I, I, I think I would get nail it and say JVR. JVR has just surpassed all of our expectations. I mean, we definitely wanted him to have a comeback, but he's just been on fire uh, right now. And he's been driving his line and he's looked really good. Um, or before the, the break for the Flyers, he was on a line with Joel Farabee and Scott Lawton. And they, I mean, Scott Lawton had a, just had a hat trick. Joel Farabee just had a hat trick. And JVR was instrumental in those uh, plays. And he's just been one of the brightest spots for the Flyers this season and one that, you know, as Flyers fans, we've been trying to pawn him off on Seattle for the last three years or two years. And uh, I don't know. He's making a case to make him say. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline offers real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it is free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, BetOnline.ag. We're covering everything you need to know about the Rangers, but what about the rest of sports? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You know, something else I wanted to ask both of you about, because, you know, I have a, one of my best friends, he's actually been on my show a couple of times, but he's a massive Flyers fan. And I've always, you know, kind of given him a hard time over the years that uh, the Flyers can never find a goalie. But, you know, Carter Hart, he's off to a little bit of a tough start this season, but he was very, very good last year. He's very young. Um, do either of you think that, you know, he has that kind of potential where this could finally solve the Flyers uh, goaltending woes where, you know, this could be the franchise goalie. This guy could be the man going forward. I mean, I don't have any doubt about him. I think that, you know, like I said already, the Flyers have been having a bit of a defensive problem this season so far. And I just don't think you can put all of that on the goaltending per se. And mm -hmm. everything's been so out of whack this season in general that, and we haven't played enough games, I think, to really discern whether there's a pattern or not here. The other thing is that I know that they really like to have the goaltending be more of a tandem with obviously Carter Hart being the main guy and Brian Elliott being secondary, but the way the schedule is and the way that they like to play the goaltender goaltenders, Elliott's going to get more starts than you think he would. Mm -hmm. So I, I really just don't have 
a lot of the doubts that, you know, some people external to the Flyers have been suggesting are out there this season. I think we got to wait until at least halfway through the season before we even consider that. Yeah, I definitely uh, agree with Rachel on that. I think with Carter Hart, nothing that he's shown so far would make me question the fact that he would be the, the franchise goalie. I think that, you know, his work from here, from when he got into the league to now, I don't see anything to, to make me doubt that he's not going to be what we need him to be. So something else I got to ask about, because he kind of got mixed reviews when he was the Ranger coach, but obviously you guys are led by Lane Vigneault. He's in his second season with the Philadelphia Flyers. You guys uh, went into the playoffs last year, made a decent run. Uh, how do you feel about the job that AV has done so far with the Flyers? Because, you know, again, Ranger fans were, were kind of running him out of town during the end of his tenure, but I always kind of look back fondly on him just because he took us to the Stanley Cup Finals and it seemed like the Rangers were always a threat under him. So uh, just any thoughts on AV so far this season? I think AV is, I would, I would probably give him like a B plus so mm-hmm. far if I had to grade him. I think that one of the things that we talk about on the show a lot that we appreciate about him is that he's a really good communicator and that it's always very clear what he wants out of the team and that we as observers know what he wants out of the team. We know who's playing well. We know who's not playing well. We know who he thinks needs to improve. And he's really good at, at explaining why he's doing certain things. I would say that, you know, some of the doubts that people have about him and what we heard a lot of from Rangers fans, and please correct if I'm wrong here, but that he didn't play the kids enough and that, you know, you were looking to to have them get more opportunities. And I think he's been really good with that on the Flyers thus far. Now, that being said, you know, you'd have to go further into a tenure for coaches to kind of lose their sheen. But so far, so good on that front. I would, for me, the one kind of knock that I would give him is honestly like continuing to work with Michelle Terrian and have Terrian run the power play. <laughs> Because it's a mess. And for some reason, he is like blind to the fact that Tarion is the problem here and the setup of the power play is the problem. And we know how it should work when it's successful. And literally everybody knows. And for some reason, it's a blind spot for him. Yeah, I'm going to echo Rachel here. I mean, with AV, this is his second year. So I really don't feel like I can say if like, you know, how I feel too much because it's just it's been such a short amount of time but with coaches anywhere I just feel like you love them until you don't and so as of right now AV is fine but fine with me um I I I like him a lot uh more than uh the Flyers previous coach mainly because he is such a good communicator um but if if we're talking about just the Flyers coaching staff in general yeah I don't have a problem with AV I have a problem with Michelle Darian so (laughs) that's that's kind of how I feel about it Fair enough. And uh, something else I wanted to ask you both about, you know, the Flyers, they've obviously had these postponements due to COVID and they haven't played in uh, close to two weeks now. Uh, They had won five out of seven before this uh, unscheduled break, if you will. Are you at all concerned that the Flyers might be a little bit rusty going into this game uh, against the Rangers here uh, tomorrow night? Yeah, I mean, that's that's definitely the concern, not only the fact that they haven't played in, in a, a little bit over a week, but the fact that half the roster is uh, Phantoms players. <laughs> so that that'll be pretty interesting to see how 
this works out. But um, like we talked about earlier, JVR, who was just on fire before the pause, if he can keep that rolling with Farabee and then we have Couturier back, um, I like our chances. Uh, the, top, the top nine, it looks a little different and, and it's not how I would prefer it to be, but the Flyers still have depth even in the fandom. So I, I think it would be, it makes sense for them to have a little bit of rust, but I think that these guys are itching to get out on the ice. And um, I think that only good things can happen when they feel that way. Yeah. And I would say that one of the benefits to having, if there are benefits to having some Phantoms guys out on the ice with the Flyers is that they are not rusty. They have actually been playing. So you, you, you know, you have, you know, at least four or five guys that have been actually getting reps in and, you know, one in particular that I would uh, point out, David Kasha who is the brother of Andre Kasha from the Bruins. He is a really great dynamic player, super quick, really smart guy. And he's playing on a line with Nolan Patrick and uh, Connor Bunneman. At least that's the line that we think will show up tonight. We'll see what happens. But I'm very excited. He got a couple of games in last season on a call up and I'm excited to see what he can do in particular. Sounds good. And uh, one other question that I always have to bring this up. Anytime I do a crossover episode with any of the other esteemed locked on hosts, I always got to find out if there's a former Ranger on the team of the other locked on hosts. I got to find out how they're doing. So I got to ask you both about Kevin Hayes real quick here. You know, the Rangers, he was part of the rebuild. He was part of the mass exodus a few years ago. But man, would I love to have him back right now because the Rangers are really, really thin at center. I really think he could help them out quite a bit. Uh, how has he fared so far, I believe now in his second season as a Philadelphia Flyer here? Yeah, I, I think he's doing pretty well. Last season, I think we were all surprised at how well he did with the Flyers that in terms of just gelling with the team really quickly, it just felt like that he had been here for forever, which was really good to see. And I think, you know, one of the things about him that is the most impressive is his puck management and the way that he's able to muscle around guys while he's carrying the puck and yeah. his his play on the penalty kill is pretty great too in terms of he, he's really good at anticipating passes and intercepting pucks and getting shorthanded opportunities. And I think that's the main thing we've seen from him. I think so far this season, he hasn't been quite as productive on the scoreboard as he was last season for us. But that being said, again, I think it's just too soon to tell that I think there is an opportunity for him to improve on that front while he maintains like kind of the rest of what his bread and butter is. But yeah, we, we love having him. Yeah. Talk about a player with personality. Kevin Hayes is just truly a gem to have on our team. You know, before the pause, I kind of was feeling like I, I wanted a little bit more production out of Hayes. Um, and I definitely think Rachel brought up a really good point. The fact that juggling the offense with what he brings to the team defensively, especially in this weird season, that is, that is this season we're in, um, 
definitely need to give him a little bit more grace. But one thing I will say is that he always seems to have a really great game against the Rangers. So who knows? Maybe tonight uh, he comes out and has a, scores a couple goals. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questioning, like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX, and have to wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse just happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks and quick-hitting advice to make the smartest possible wagers. Subscribe to the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, just one last question I wanted to ask both of you here. Last thing I got on my list is, you know, we, this is our first crossover between Rangers and Flyers here. And, and something else that I do with a lot of the other Locked On hosts, especially if they're kind of a rival team of the Rangers, is I like to find out, you know, what's your favorite moment in the rivalry with the Rangers? So, I'll ask both of you right now, Flyers Rangers history. Do you have a moment that really stands out? Anything that, uh, you know, you really enjoy, you really look back on fondly, anything that's happened between these two teams? Oh man. I mean, it's gotta be that 2010 shootout, like winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home. Right. <laughs> Where yeah, the Flyers right. won. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to stick a little bit more recent to the, the one I believe it was in, um, 2018, uh, where it, it, the Flyers played the Rangers to get into the playoffs and, uh, the captain had a huge night and won it. And before that game, Henrik Lundqvist said that he was going to, you know, shut the door, um, and lose it for the Rangers or lose it for the Flyers, just like they did to the Rangers. And that did not happen. So that's probably my fondest memory that I look back and smile on. Yeah, you know, it's crazy. I, I do remember, obviously, the uh, the shootout to determine who goes to the playoffs and who goes home. And not only did the Flyers win that game to go to the playoffs, they end up going to the Stanley Cup Finals that year. I could not believe when that happened. Yeah, that was, that was a ride, that whole playoffs. <laughs> yeah, it, well, I'll throw out my, my favorite real quick here, too. It, it would have to be 2014. You know, I thought about the Winter Classic, Lundqvist making the penalty shot save against Briere. But uh, I got to go with 2014, Game 7. I believe the Rangers won that game 2-1 to one in the first round. And that was the year that the Rangers went to the finals. And obviously, if they blow that lead against the Flyers in game seven, if the Flyers win that game, then that whole trip, that whole ride to the Stanley Cup finals never happened. So uh, I think that's going to take the cake for me. That's a pretty good one from the Rangers side of things, for sure. So, John, Rachel and I are huge World Juniors fans, and we love Team USA. So we have to ask you about Keandre Miller. Tell us everything about this kid. We know he's been so dynamic for the rangers 
Keandre right. is the man. And it's been a lot of fun just kind of watching him develop as the season has progressed here. It's crazy because in training camp, you know, he was there. But I think most people kind of had him pegged as a little bit of a long shot to make the opening night roster. Lo and behold, he has a great training camp. He was shaky on opening night against the Islanders. He looked nervous, but that's to be expected. He's making his NHL debut. Ever since then, this guy looks like a seasoned veteran. I mean, he's always in the right position. There have been a couple of different instances this season where you can, I mean, the opposition's about to score a goal and he makes a great play to break it up at the last second or to intercept a pass or to go down and block the shot himself. I mean, he's just been fantastic in his own end. He started to contribute a little bit offensively as well. And something that's just been so much fun to watch is that at the start of the season, they were only playing him on even strength because, you know, I think they didn't want to overwhelm him right out of the starting blocks. But he's firmly entrenched in the Ranger top four. Uh, right now, he's mostly playing with Jacob Truba. And he's beginning to mix in on both the penalty kill and even the power play a little bit. So it's just been so much fun to see him uh, get better and better with every passing game and just see his role uh, continue to grow as the season has progressed here. He's been absolutely the best story of the Rangers season so far this year. Oh, I mean, I love to hear that, but I also hate to hear that. <laughs> yeah, you might have to play him for the next 15 years. Who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, I'm happy for him. <laughs> we know a little ways back, there was all of that drama around Tony D'Angelo getting waived and he's no longer playing for the team. Do you think that drama is or has affected the team on the ice? And do you have any predictions as to how that's going to play out? Yeah, I mean, at first, obviously, it's a distraction. It's not something you want to have happen. And when he got waived, I was very surprised, even after I heard about the altercation, just because, you know, he had such a strong season for this team last year. Uh, but it sounds like, you know, it just got to the point where he had become too much of a headache for the Rangers. I know that, you know, Jeff Gorton, the general manager, had even warned him that, you know, you're kind of skating on thin ice here, no pun intended. But, you know, if there's any other incidents, then you're pretty much going to be out of here. And lo and behold, that's what happens. You know, he gets into the altercation with Alex Georgiev after a loss. Um, I don't think it's affected the Rangers too much because if you look at, I believe they went 3-0-1 in their next four games after Tony D'Angelo was out of the picture. So, um, you know, I don't know, maybe maybe having him out there, out of there helped them. I mean, I, I can't say for sure. It's hard to know one way or the other. As far as how it could play out, um, if he's on the team after this season, I'm sure they'll dangle him to Seattle in the expansion draft, hoping that they just kind of take his contract off of their hands. I think for me in a best case scenario, what I would like to see happen is maybe the Rangers can work out a trade with a certain team and take somebody back who might also be on a not so good contract that just kind of needs a change of scenery and maybe somebody they can get going a little bit, particularly a center since again, the Rangers are just ridiculously thin at center right now. So let's uh, take a look at goaltending. How has the tandem been uh, since Hank is gone? And do you think that we'll see either Shesterkin or Georgiev uh, tonight? Yeah, they've, uh, Igor's really turned it around. They both got off to slow starts out of the starting blocks there. Both were shaky early in the season. Igor Shesterkin over, I would say, his last five or so games has really, really been good. He went through a uh, four-game stretch there where he only allowed a total of, no, excuse me, he went through a five-game stretch where he allowed only, I believe, eight goals, something like that, give or take. Last night against the Devils, he did give up four goals, but if you watch that game, uh, most of them were not on him. So he's really uh, turned it on after a slow start. Yorgiev has struggled a little bit. I think uh, the Rangers, they went into the season kind of looking like it was going to be a little bit of a timeshare, a little bit of a hot-hand approach. But I think long-term and short-term, really, uh, Igor Sesterkin is the guy that is held in higher regard by the organization. And 
he started each of the last two games. He's played very well. I get the feeling we see him in net against the Flyers, especially with the Rangers so desperate for a win right now, having lost now four in a row. Yeah, I think the goaltending battle should be an interesting aspect of the game to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Uh, as far yeah, as actually, I, I forgot to ask both of you: Should we expect Hart in tomorrow's game, or do you think maybe go with the veteran Elliot since he's been the the better of the two? You know, at least early in the season here, small sample size. Uh, they they play harder, hard, especially because he's you know, ostensibly they're still going to Lake Tahoe and playing a game there this weekend. So, and they're going to put the marquee goaltender in on that game and they couldn't have him go in on that game cold. So, I mean, you know, stranger things have happened and they surprise me sometimes with these goaltending choices, but I I would say Carter Hart. So, so far this season, uh, Mika Zibanejad hasn't really seemed like his old self with you know, his scoring is way down. What do you think is going on there? And are the Rangers trying to compensate or, or switch things up a little bit to try and get his game going? It's hard to put your finger on exactly what's happening with Mika right now. I mean, obviously he had the bout of COVID uh, in the off season. And, you know, we, we know what that disease has done across this country, across this world. It's obviously a horrible thing. I don't know exactly how serious his bout with COVID was. And I don't know for sure one way or the other if that's affecting his play at all or not. Uh, but it really is just pretty shocking, really. I don't know what other word there is for it at this point. We're 14 games into the season. Mika's got one goal and two assists. And a stat that will really just kind of blow your mind, whether you're a Ranger fan, a Flyer fan, or just a general hockey fan, Mika's a bad and Chris Kreider, you know, they're typically, they're almost always out there on the top line together. And they play together on the power play as well. Those two players have not assisted each other for a goal this entire season, which it just... I can't even wrap my mind around that. Um, Wait, is that while, true? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's true. Oh, I mean, wow. Not, I know that, uh, yeah, no, it, it didn't happen last night either because I talked about that in my uh, like third most recent episode or something like that. But yeah, no assists from one of them to the other, not even a secondary assist. Pretty wild, right? Yeah, that's, that is pretty astounding given how prolific the two of them have been. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, one of my solutions, or at least an idea that I've tossed out there, and that they did this very briefly, but I wanted to break the two of them up because they just haven't recaptured the magic that they had last season. And so, you know, for a while, they, they moved Kreider down to the third line. They bumped Alexi Luck from the air up to the third line. I thought Mika and Kreider both had good games that night. It didn't really show up in the score sheet, but I thought they both at least looked dangerous. Um, I'd be all for that. And I think something that they have to do, especially if Artemi Panarin is coming back tomorrow night or you know, on Thursday night, which it looks like he is going to do, I think it's time to put Panarin and Zibanejad on the same line, which is something I've kind of resisted in the past because I like the idea of them being elevate, being able to elevate other players on the Rangers. But right now, Mika's the one who needs elevating. So I think you got to put Panarin with Mika for this game against the Flyers. And I, I get the feeling they are indeed going to do that. But we'll see how they line up tomorrow night. It should be very interesting. So a two-part question for you. Who has surprised you the most this season and who is someone that Flyers fans should keep an eye out on? As far as who surprised me the most, I mean, I know we already talked about Keandre Miller, but I think it bears repeating. I mean, again, you're talking about somebody who was not even expected to make the opening night roster. You know, me and everybody else who covers the Rangers, we're all doing our opening night projections and everybody feels good about Keandre Miller overall. But I think a lot of us figured he'd join the Rangers you know, maybe a third of the way into the season, maybe halfway through the season. But, man, he's been awesome, and I just – I don't know where they would be without him. They're really going to need him going forward, especially now that Jacob Truba is going to be out six to eight weeks with a thumb injury. Uh, so I do think it's Ke'Andre Miller. 
Um, as far as someone who we haven't talked about and the Flyers fans should keep an eye on, I'm actually going to throw a little bit of a curveball and say Brandon Lemieux. Uh, I don't expect him to, you know, go out there and score two goals and have two assists or anything like that. But he's somebody who is just a complete pest, just a complete pain to play against, kind of plays the mental game, the game within the game, if you will. And as we all know, you know, we've all, all three of us have seen a bunch of Ranger versus Flyers games. We all know it can get pretty chippy. Brandon Lemieux thrives in that kind of an environment. And I think one way or another, uh, you're going to notice Brandon Lemieux on the ice at some point uh, between the Rangers and Flyers in this game on Thursday. And I actually want to ask both of you the same question as well. Who's kind of like an under the radar flyer that all of us Ranger fans should be keeping an eye on tomorrow night? You know, uh, Rachel and I, we've definitely talked about Dave, uh, David Kasha a ton. So I, he's someone that I would say to keep an eye out on. But I think more realistically, I, you know, we talked about JVR. Joel Faraby is someone that before the, the break, he had a, he was, had a couple of games where he was just on fire. And like I said, I don't know if it was because he was playing with JVR or just, he's just taken a step this, uh, this season, but he's someone that I would take a, keep an eye out on. Yeah. I was going to say Joel Farabee as well. I think that he's just made such a step forward this season compared to last. And he was fine last season too, but you know, I think he just has, really started to come into his own and I hope he can shake off the rust from our little break as well. Yeah. I've noticed Farabee has been big time for the Flyers this season. You know, I, I was looking at the stats today and he's not exactly a household name, at least not yet, but I think he was like third on the team in points or something like that. And I know there's more to hockey than points, but uh, yeah, I was surprised to see that to, to be sure. It looks like he's definitely off to a hot start for the Flyers. Yeah, he's another one of the World Juniors kids that I fell in love with when he was on Team USA, and I was super thrilled that the Flyers drafted him. Absolutely. And I figure, uh, you know, that this is a lot of fun. I figure we can end by uh, doing some predictions for the game. Uh, would either one of you care to uh, throw out a final score or any kind of uh, oddball prediction, anything that you think is going to happen between the Rangers and Flyers here? Well, I would like at least one of the Phantoms to score. I think that would be great for them. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I would like to see JVR score, whether five on five or on the power play. And, uh, my big thing is just going to be trying to keep Kevin Hayes from completely taking over this game, because that is an area where the Rangers have struggled. Uh, it seems like every time, you know, to your point earlier in the episode, when we were talking about this, Kevin Hayes, every time he plays the, the Rangers now, uh, tends to have a pretty big game. So I'm just keeping my fingers crossed that they can keep him from just totally taking over and, uh, somehow, some way put an end to this four game losing streak because the Rangers have been in every game, but. Uh, they're just not finding a way to get it done in crunch time. So I'm very nervous if the game is tied in the third period. But uh, obviously, fingers crossed for myself and all Ranger fans that they can figure out a way to, to win a close game here finally. All right, once again, a big thanks to Rachel Donner and Danielle Butcher of Locked On Flyers for teaming up for this crossover episode today. Big, big thanks to you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Locked On New York Rangers podcast, your team every day. And enjoy the game tonight. Rangers, obviously in desperate need of a win. They got to stop this losing streak. They got to have some reason to feel good moving forward here. And uh, hopefully they break through tonight and end this losing streak right where it's at and get the ball rolling in the positive direction. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.